Welcome to the KBB Review podcast. I'm Rebecca Nottingham, the editor of KBB Review, and this is the second of our special episodes to mark International Women's Day. The first, from last week, looked at the supply side of the industry, so go back and check that out if you haven't heard it yet. But today we're heading to the sharp end where the industry meets the consumer, the retail showroom. A recent survey showed that it's women who usually make the main purchasing decisions, so does it help if it's a woman making the sale? We're very lucky to be talking about all this and more to two leading retailers who also happen to be two leading women in the sector, Tina Riley of Modern Homes in Leamington and Diane Berry of Diane Berry Kitchens in Manchester. We're talking about women in the KBB industry today. At the corporate end, the KBB industry is still very male orientated, but at the front end, on the consumer facing side, actually there are a lot of women in retail and design, so it's more balanced. So let's explore this with two of the industry's leading retailers, Tina Riley of Modern Homes in Leamington Spa and Diane Berry of Diane Berry Kitchens in Manchester. Welcome to the podcast, both of you. Now, you're two very well-known figures in the industry, but for those that might not know about you, can you introduce yourselves and tell us a bit about your business? Tina, let's start with you. Yeah, Tina from Modern Homes in Leamington. We're a kitchen, bathroom, bedroom retailer. Business was established in 1968 by my father. I went to work with him for a few weeks when I was 18 and um, haven't left yet. We're mainly a mid-price branding company. We're very lucky that we get a lot of repeat business and I don't know whether it's good or bad, but I'm now doing children of people whose kitchens I did 20 years ago, which I suppose is um, a testament in itself. So yeah, now done 42 years this year in this industry. That's amazing. Okay, well, Diane, over to you. Okay, so I have a kitchen retail business in Manchester. We actually only do kitchens, although I do occasionally get dragged into doing bars and offices, but ultimately we're a kitchen specialist business, so no bathrooms, no bedrooms. I started in the industry 41 years ago and actually only opened my own studio in 2002. Um, So we do around about 70 kitchens a year, and I would say that we're mid to high end. Our average kitchen for us is probably between 45,000 and 90. Um, so yeah really passionate about the industry and still here doing it in my 41st year that's amazing so between the two of you we've got about 80 years of KBB industry experience of frontline retailing as well which is fantastic obviously you know last week was International Women's Day I've been talking to a lot of influential women including yourselves for our March issue so I guess what's it like being a female in the KBB industry for a start but also as one of the few women business owners as well. Maybe over to Diane for that question first. Well, I I love being a woman in the industry because it's it's been a challenging journey. So if you go back to when I was 16, I was probably one of the only women going on the various training courses and so on. So you were really fish out of water. And it added to the fact that I was so young because I was 16, 17 years old. But now it, it feels very different. It feels like it's recognize that to get a good balance in your team you need you need women involved because women are the decision makers so I love the trade and that's why I've stayed so strong with what I do is is that it suits my gender so and I have actually several sisters that also join the trade it's something that I see as a good place for ladies to work and what what about you Tina is does your experience mirror Diane's 
Oh, very much so, I think. The only thing, um, and I think Diane will agree with me, is that I think certainly in the early days, we had to work a lot harder to prove that we knew what we were doing. People's attitudes towards women within this industry have changed dramatically over the last 40 years. Like Diane, wherever you went before, you were the only female there, which is quite intimidating. But now when you go to a conference or, you you know, whatever it is within the industry that you go to, it, it's massively now a lot, lot, lot more women. And again, on a day to day basis, there was years when I first started that other than a consumer, I would not see another female. There weren't any reps. There weren't any manufacturers. There were no installers or anything. So very, very male dominated. And that that's changed massively now. I did a little quick bit of research to do with reps that we get seeing us and possibly because we don't just do kitchens. We obviously do a, a whole gamut of stuff. I probably get more reps in to see me maybe than Diane does. But again, a lot more females. In actual fact, worked out they're actually in the majority at the moment, but they're there for the right reason. They're there because they're passionate about the products and they and they know the products. And yeah, it's it's changed massively. Diane, on the rep side, is that something you're seeing a change? Are there more women reps in the KBB industry? Yeah, there's definitely more ladies walking through the door. And yes, because we only, we're, we're, we're more specialised, we don't see so many. But I'd say it's a pretty 50-50 split on the men that we see compared to women that we see. And skipping back to something Tina was saying is as a woman in the industry, you have to be more knowledgeable probably than a lot of the men. And you have to you have to really soak in information on building sites and and to be able to stand your ground and talk about plumbing and electrics and actually having a good eye for a straight wall and being able to say that that wall's not true and plumb. You know, you stand your ground and you get them to put a spirit level on it. And then all of a sudden they realise that you're not just a fluffy designer that wants to choose paint and wallpaper. So I think that absorbing knowledge is a great thing. And then actually supporting the women that walk through the doors, reps, because years gone by, they were merchandisers. So they were sent in to give you a brochure and, and have it, you know, actually about your family and things like that. Whereas now you don't want to do necessarily the small talk. You actually want to see what products you've got, what the features and benefits to help you promote and sell it. So, yeah, you know, whether they're men or women, you actually want them walking in with, with information that it helps us on a day to day running our business and not small talk. So not only have you seen more women reps coming through in the industry, you've actually seen their responsibility and their role develop for the better as well, you know, in, in a much more balanced manner. Yeah, absolutely. What's interesting, I got into this trade originally because my dad asked me to stand and look pretty on an ex- kitchen exhibition. <laughs> and that just sums up where the industry was 41 years ago is that, you know, I had to put heel on and, you know, and have my hair down and wear a badge and give out brochures at a kitchen exhibition. And it's only when he saw me communicating with people and and being able to understand design and characters and what to say and what not to say that made him realise that I was natural with people. And you think it took him to actually just have me there as a, you know, a bit of totty stood on an exhibition. And that's kind of where it it began, you know, and and he's gone by. That the it's still a little bit smacks of that, the exhibitions, but you used to go to Interbuild 
and the women were there because they were in the shower in a t-shirt and all, all the men that were buying the showers were stood around the outside it's like i'm so glad that those days are behind us and that the women are there because they know about showers and valves and pipes and water pressure and things like that not because they're just standing there to look pretty and serve a glass of wine how often really then does your gender cross your mind for me i don't really think about it at all and i don't actually really think about it when i'm talking to my team or anything like that it's not something that is there in the forefront of your mind in the olden days it's you know it was another world but but really now everybody's the same gender equality in every respect has to be there and it's just something that that you get used to so you don't I don't come to work thinking I'm a female coming to work occasionally I'm thinking I know I've got to go up scaffold and I'll wear trousers today but that's you know that's just the normal day-to-day of our industry but it's a great industry to suit all kinds of characters. Tina is that what you would yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And again, it would be many years ago that they'd almost, if you did turn up on a building site or, or something like that, they'd almost look at you as if, what the hell do you know? And why are you here? And what are you doing here? Whereas nobody questions it anymore. There, there is more stress of coming to work and being a business owner at the moment. And, and that's irrespective of sex. I even think the installers' attitudes have changed as well in that they don't question this is wrong because you're a female, therefore you've got it wrong. If there's an issue on site because there's something that's gone slightly wrong, it's more to do with, right, okay, how do we get over this problem? What can we do? How quickly can we get something to change this item? Who's going to talk to the customer? It's never to do with, oh, well, you must have got that wrong because you're a woman, which years ago, definitely it would have been. So no, it doesn't cross my mind at all now. And same as Diane was saying, with the the role within the business, everybody just does everything they need to do. I'm still in the minority. I have my son working with me. There's another director who who happens to be male. So other than a part-time bookkeeper, I am the only female within the organisation. But again, it's not an issue in any shape or form anymore. We just get on with it now, which is lovely. During the last week or so, I've, I've been talking to a lot of different women in the industry about their experiences. And Theresa Arbuckle, the MD of Becco, she said that a lot of the time women tend to think that t- to be successful or to look successful in a male orientated industry, they have to act more like a man. Would you say that you've come across women that feel like they perhaps have to act more like a man because they think that's the way to success? She actually then carried on to say that it's really unattractive, didn't she? So she, she was, did. She was yeah. saying that actually a, a woman trying to act like a man is like almost distasteful and people look forward to working for or with a woman because they nurture them, whether it's the nurture their career and don't try and be like a man. I think of myself more like a man, but only because I don't have children. So when I'm in women's company, they often want to talk about the children and grandchildren and I don't have that topic. But then I don't think like a man because I don't do football or rugby or golf either. So, but I try to be my own character and not be like a man. And actually, there's women in business that I know that are trying to be like a man and they're absolutely awful. They come across as bullies and aggressive and you just think you're just trying too hard. Just be yourself. Exactly. And that's 
kind of what Teresa was saying, wasn't it? Embrace being a woman for the, for all the good reasons and the, all the qualities that women bring to the role. Tina, is what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's ever crossed my mind to be anything other than who I am, which completely is not everybody's cup of tea and I would <laughs> be the first one to stick my hands up to that but I don't think that's got anything to do with my gender that's just me and my personality I like to do things my own way shall we say but it's a really tricky one and I think uh, what is so lovely is the fact that it has changed so much is is in my mind what is so positive and now we get customers in and yes it's nice that you can connect with them on some level. But then again, that's not always necessarily because I'm female. We usually fit our customers to us on personality rather than gender. And there are some customers more comfortable talking to me. There are some customers more comfortable talking to David or actually what we do often is a tag team on them so they kind of get the best of both worlds so again yeah I don't think I've ever tried to be within the industry anything other than just me really actually everything that we're talking and discussing here it's all leading back to that balance isn't it what we're talking about here is not man versus woman what we're actually advocating is encouraging more of a diverse workforce and that doesn't just mean gender it's culture as well so that the industry and the businesses within it can actually be more more representative of the people that are actually buying from them yeah, and what we should be encouraging is is more people in general to come into the industry because for some reason, virtually everybody I know within the industry fell into it by accident. I don't think I know anybody other than the electricians or the plasterers, you know, where it's their calling, shall we say, but on the business side of things, the designing side of things, the retail side of things, I don't think... As a 16-year-old, you wake up and think, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to design kitchens for a living. I don't think it ever comes onto anybody's radar. Everybody just comes into this industry kind of by accident. Once you're in it, it sucks you in. And it's such a fascinating, and each day is so different, and each customer's different, and each project's different, then you never get out of it again, as Diane and I can both prove now. But I don't think that's got anything to do with gender or anything. It's just, I think, as an industry, we've just got to tell people how fabulous it is. Does the industry need to be going out there and talking to young people about the possibilities and the opportunities that that a career in the kitchen, bedroom and bathroom industry can provide? I think that the younger generation is so motivated on money. It's unbelievable. So it has to be almost that we need some strong figures that are proud to go, this is how much I earn, this is the car that I drive and this is the house that I live in. And it's, you know, our generation just don't have a flash car because people think I charge too much. And you, you sort of, you've come from a different place and it's, I recently worked with an architect who was trying to take on young architects. He said, and he did um, a week where I had a different guy from a university, a different person from a university, spend a day with him. He said not one of them seemed to be interested in the work that he was doing. They all wanted to know how much he earned. So it's, it's a really strange thing that they're motivated by how do they get to earn the money quickly because they're so used to things coming quickly to them. So I don't know how you get that message across. So if you turn up at school in a Porsche 911 you probably get more attention from all the kids wanting to hear what you do than if you turn up in a 
Renault estate. So it's, it's, it's hard to get that message over. And I don't know how, I actually don't know how you do it. I had one guy come to work for me and I think he lasted about four months. He'd done an art degree in London. His reaction was, well, I can't move quickly enough through your company. You know, how do I get to earn the big bucks? So he actually moved to London, so which is fine. That's, you know, that's where he, his heart was. But that's not really what this industry is like. It actually takes years to get the knowledge that Tina and I have to be able to, to do the job as well as, the, as we do. I don't know how you fix that. Do you not think also the worry with that as well, when they are money orientated, is that they are just going to get sucked into places, large multinational showrooms where they are on a low basic and a high commission. And then all they're going to be are salespeople, not designers. And that's what the industry is tarnished with, is that actually they care about design. They care about the sale and the margin. And, and when, when is the commission being paid? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's such an in, it's hard industry. It's like that area of the industry will always keep people selling badly designed kitchens that fitted awkwardly and it's a conundrum that you know I faced for 40 odd years and you just think hey my motto is lead by example and you hope that people aspire to copy us and therefore show your success and don't be frightened to show that you've got a nice car and a nice home without rubbing it in in the face of your clients but try and inspire these youngsters to realize that you know being a kitchen designer is as good and as fruitful as being an architect. Yeah, but it just takes time, as does becoming an architect. It's a real mountain to climb to try and get these youngsters on board and, and somebody like Kitchens International that clearly embraces youngsters. I'd love to hear more about how they do that and how. And I'd love for everyone to be much more open about what salaries they pay. It's like a, it's like a guessing game to try and work out what to pay people to, to give them a decent lifestyle from their basic salary that motivate them to close the deal because you can get designers that can design but can't sell and you can get salespeople that can sell but can't design. So it's trying to find that balance and I'd love a really open conversation about salaries. We've talked a lot about the industry and, and attitudes in the industry towards women. As frontline retailers, you're dealing with consumers directly. So in your experience then, do people, male and female, like working with women or is that something that's changed over the years Tina yeah I mean massively if you went but I don't know maybe full uh, 20 years ago the women in particular were grateful that they'd got a woman designer a kitchen is still quite personable and they I think stop them feeling silly by saying, oh, I've got this that I need to store in a cupboard and I don't know what to do with it. What can you suggest? Whereas I think sometimes they would think some of the fluffy questions, we're not fluffy, they're important questions as to how the kitchen's being used and where you're going to put things for argument's sake. They were always quite grateful to see a female and I think it was hugely beneficial actually now we're dealing with some of more younger clients no it's they're just as comfortable talking to me as they would be talking to Daniel as they would be talking to anybody else there are still some issues with my elderly clientele you know a kind of 85 year old engineer still can't believe that a woman is running a business hello my dear is the boss in there's still occasions you get that but that is really 
the the older generation by far who have never been used to it their wives probably never worked whereas the younger generation now the decisions are joint decisions it's just as likely that the man will come in and discuss things as it as would the lady customer so i think that's changed hugely over the last kind of 20 years because again now it's expected that everybody in the family contributes to the cooking and the chores probably because the majority of my female customers now work so everything has to be shared doesn't it diane what what are your thoughts i do think it's a very balanced attitude but what what has changed over the years is that we get a lot of women taking um, the lead role on the design and the choices and the information and the men aren't even here years ago you you wouldn't see a lady on her own you would see them as a couple and you know and the sales people out there would say you, you, you can't close a deal to one person so you don't present to only one and you don't survey a kitchen unless both people are there. And now, now you just accept that some of these women are actually really the decision makers. So it's, it, it can work woman to woman, but, but, but what is different is that you all quite often get them on their own. So And that, that's quite cultural. So, so you've got certain cultures where the women definitely do all of the detail. And the men come in to be involved in the, if you like, you know, the final negotiation on the terms and the, you know, that ticking all the boxes at the end and agreeing the price. But women are more and more involved on a one-to-one, whereas it always used to be me with a couple, um, whereas it's not now. So, so women have taken a completely different role in the purchasing of kitchens, which is great. And men often are quite happy as long as they've got their toys. You know, if they've got, whether it's a range cooker, American fridge freezer, and I always say, you, you know, wood burner and a sit-on mower, you know, that you, it, there's certain things that men just love to have, you know, whether it's a boiling hot water tap. So quite often if they've got their, you know, pop-up sockets and some of their toys, it's the women that are doing the sensible stuff, the size of the oven, which way the doors open, the size of the fridge, how many freezer drawers you know, the humdrum, but the, the essential things that make a kitchen work. How you feel now is whether I'm a woman or a man, it's kind of irrelevant as long as I make that person feel completely comfortable to do the, the humdrum small talk because that's what makes good design. Um, and then you have to bring the energy when the fun stuff comes of the colours and the materials and so on. And you just work with them as a couple. I don't think that matters whether I'm a man or a woman. It's, it's respectful. It's just being respectful. I can remember many moons ago going to, to look at buying a Mercedes and the guy said to me, when's your husband coming in? And I have never bought a Mercedes in my life since um, and didn't then. So it's, it's that attitude has gone. I'm hoping it's gone forever where, where somebody would say, where's your husband? You know, I now ask people who cooks many moons ago, you'd have automatically gone to the female, whereas not the case now quite often the women are doing the boring cooking through the week but the men do the adventurous weekend cooking because they find it a relaxing thing to do but that's not always the case but you have to ask the question and be respectful to the couple to work out who's the one that cares about how many rings and how big the pans are and where they're going to store the pans and where are the spices and not assume that you know which one that is good design is asking questions is it one mouth two ears so you ask a question question and listen and listen. Do you know what's interesting this week, and I'm jumping about now, is that National Women's Day yeah. for us isn't a very big event. But I have a nephew who's married a lady from Sicily, and she was in shock that she didn't get a gift off her husband. Oh, right. 
Um, oh. And actually, one of our fitters, who's from, I think it's Romania, he brought all of the women in the company flowers. So it's wow. interesting that the UK, ah. you know, we use National Women's Day probably as a reason to talk in business about women. But actually, we don't treat it a bit like Mother's Day, whereas they treat it like Mother's Day. And as a as a not a mother, it would be absolutely lovely to get this day to be more than just something that, that t- is talked about in business. There is actually something where you celebrate the women in your family. And, and I believe that Hungary do it, Romania do it, Sicily, Italy, that, that it says actually more like Mother's Day and it is completely normal for, for the women to get gifts from the men. So I was quite interested to, to have you know, one of my guys walk in with a, with a bunch of flowers because we've got four female designers with flowers for us all. (laughs) Are you going to reciprocate on International Men's Day, though? Apparently, it was one of the most Google searches on International Women's Day was when is International Men's Day? Um, No, I don't know the answer to the question either because I didn't actually Google it myself. There's a local magazine that every year does a feature on women in business and you think, surely you should do a feature on men in business as well. (laughs) It's like... It, it, it is odd that we're getting to the point where we're, we're interested in it being balanced. We want it to be balanced. From our perspective, the argument could be that we write about successful men every month we do an issue because there are just more successful men to talk to in the industry, if that makes sense. So that's what this is all about. It's bringing the successful women to the fore And, you know, there's an argument that we should be doing it all the time. Every month we should have a balance of male and female. But but I think there are more men in the industry. Um, Just one more question. While we're talking on the subject of clients dealing with the consumers, the face-to-face, obviously, you know, at the moment there's, there's a lot of talk in the news, unfortunately, surrounding women's safety, you know, in light of tragic circumstances surrounding the disappearance of, of a young woman recently in London. And I just wondered, as retailers and as females, you are expected to go into people's homes. Do you ever have to consider putting safety protocols in place to protect you and and other female members of staff, maybe in a way that men wouldn't? Yeah, we always have done. And this goes back years and years and years. And in fact, obviously, again, uh, remember Susie Lamplew disappearing. Uh, she was an estate agent, wasn't she? Yeah. So, in fact, it was Ideal Standard, the bathroom manufacturer, issued all the females within the industry, uh, almost like a personal alarm where you pulled the, the thing. But, of course, if you go back to those days, no mobile phones. If I went on an appointment to somebody... I would take literally make sure I've got two lots of 20p in my purse to go to a phone box. But we would never generally from those days onwards, I wouldn't go without having met the customer first. I still had the most awful experience once in a house where the lady had come into here. We'd met her. We'd made the appointment. I then went to the the house and actually it was a gentleman that let me in, said he didn't know who the lady was and locked the door behind me, then said he did know who the lady was. But honestly, in the, in the conversation in the kitchen, I'm looking at the cat flap thinking, well, if I can get my fat bum through that, how do I then get over the the gate to get out of, you know, what do I do? It transpired. It was fine. It was there were no issues. But it was at that point that I'm thinking this is really scary 
So we always, always, always have made sure that we, you know, if somebody rings in for an appointment, we will not go, whether it's male or female, we will not go unless we've met them in the showroom first. And all you have to say to a customer is, sorry, it's a safety issue. I feel safer nowadays with a mobile phone, with this, with that, with everything else. But when you you go back years ago, yeah, we used to put ourselves in quite a lot of danger a lot of the time, I would say. Diane, is this you have female members of staff as well? You know, what protocols do you guys have to ensure that you're all safe on home visits? What we do is we have a diary. So every, every, every time any of us, and it's male or female, because there's more males attacked historically than there are females, is that the, the time is registered, the address and the phone number, and then you phone in as, you, as you're leaving. I mean, I actually probably ring my husband more than anybody. So I'm going in now, and if you don't hear from me within two hours, ring. Years gone by is very different to what it is now because you do have a telephone in your pocket. I greeted a burglar at my mother's in December. So um, so burglar coming out as I was going in and I attacked him, um, ended up black and blue on the floor. So, so whatever you put in place in that moment, there's not a lot you can do other than be strong. You know, you know, I had a go at him and there's no way at my age I was ever going to stop him in his tracks. But I, I, I did my best. And I think that I've joked with you before about an occasion when I was in my teens, when I went to somebody's house on a survey and I knew that it didn't feel right when the guy booked the appointment and I took my dad and he opened the door wearing an open dressing gown, silk dressing gown. And my father marched him up the stairs to dress appropriately and so on. And you just say it was an early, early, you just get to recognise the signs if something doesn't feel right. You just And nowadays I Google pretty much everybody's address. So I even know what the house looks like. You know, and you get a feel for, for properties and, and, and so on as to you think that's not that's not a normal appointment. We've, we've got a, a style of client, if you like. So you can look and think there's something not quite right about that. Um, and then you go you go in, you know, having phoned somebody and said, I'm going to call you in 10 minutes. You just know that you've got somebody to ring, whether it's your husband at home or one of the guys at the office. Years ago, I always did my surveys at night. I rarely do them at night now, nearly always in daylight. So I tend to not be going into houses in the dark. So you go in in the daylight, you go in armed with a camera, you've got a phone, you've already Googled where they live, your car's got sat enough that's taken you to the door. I feel that we're in a much safer environment than we ever used to be. And again, it comes back to I don't really think of myself as a female. The fact that I met a burglar and my first reaction was to try and grab hold of him and wouldn't let go makes you realise that perhaps I am slightly not intimidated. Ladies, we could talk about this all day. It's a really interesting subject. Thanks ever so much for sparing the time to chat to me today. Could I interrupt and just skip into one little thing before I go? The industry relies on amazing men because all of these amazing men, whether they're plasterers, tiners, electricians, joiners, we are so lucky as women to have amazing men that enable us to create the rooms that we create and I'll always be grateful for the men in my business because without them I couldn't be and couldn't do the things that I do so just going back to trying to address that balance is that the industry is totally reliant on super super tradesmen absolutely anyway I'll stop now sorry <laughs> no that's fine I love men <laughs> 
we won't finish on we won't just have that random sentence, <laughs> random like men sentence going on the, the uh, podcast <laughs> you'll get all sorts of different calls i think for that. <laughs> <laughs> huge thanks to tina and diane for their time such an interesting subject and one we'll re- revisit again and again i'm sure don't forget to catch the other international women's day episode all the details for that are at kbbreview.com andy will be back next time Thank you.